Welcome to the Faith Forward podcast series. Faith Forward is a grassroots network dedicated to bringing together leaders of ministry with children, youth, and families for collaboration, resourcing, and inspiration toward innovative theology and practice. Through this series, we'll learn from creative, forward-thinking leaders who are pushing the boundaries and reimagining what it means to follow Jesus' way of love and justice today. Join us as we instigate a revolution of hope in our world. Welcome to the Faith Forward podcast series. Today, I'm joined by Jennifer Patterson McLaughlin, who, um, until a recent move to the nonprofit sector, uh, was the director of family ministries and working with children, youth, and families at Edmonds United Methodist Church in Washington State. Jennifer, thank you so much for being here today. Good to be with you, Dave. Well, I remember uh, we met in at the 2014 Faith Forward gathering in Nashville. Uh, but two years prior, at the first gathering, um, Brian McLaren kicked off the, this event um, by, back in 2012 by talking about how ministry with children and youth is often seen in romanticized ways, this, this innocuous space where we relegate young people. But in reality, he said, it's, this, it's actually a position on, uh, it, it's the, the very fact that it's on the margins of what's seen as the, the important ministry that actually positions it perfectly to be the site where revolution can happen. Of course, he said it much better than I did. For the past few years, you've been proving him right uh, in how you've used ministry with children and youth and families to uproot systemic injustice. So can you tell us what you've been up to? Yeah, and I love your reference to Brian McLaren's quote. He actually spoke about that again at the 2017 uh, when he talked about preparing kids for a dangerous world. And that's actually really stuck with me, this idea of helping children, youth, um, and people identify as participants in a never-ending spiritual revolution of love. And I think about that often, and I unpack that and think about how do we do that? How do we help kids and youth identify as people involved in uh, a never-ending revolution of love. So as I thought about that after the 2017 conference, I started to think about application and what does that look like and how do we do that? And I had this vision uh, of engaging our community in in conversation about what love looks like. And in the context of a world with structural racism surrounding us, in a context where uh, shootings of people of color um, was becoming increasingly and is increasingly frequent uh, and increasingly known about, Um, I was so aware, even in the small suburban upper middle class town that I served of racist behaviors happening around us. And Mm -hmm. I thought, what does it look like to teach our kids to love when 
we have this kind of misnomer of um, thinking that we could be colorblind and just not notice, but actually research is really clear that when we don't have conversations about things, it doesn't teach us to be colorblind. It teaches us that, you know, if you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything at all. So right. uh, we just don't talk about it because it's not a nice thing. We don't have nice things to say about it. So I wanted to facilitate conversations about that. It reminds me of that idea of the, the cult of niceness, right? Like there was a book uh, written a number of years ago about the danger of raising nice kids and how that's right. often the, that's often the focus of, of youth and children's ministry, right? Is we don't say it that way. Of course, we use much more lofty theological terms, but it's this idea that we just want our kids to be nice and be kind to each other. But the love that you're talking about, the love that Brian was talking about, um, is is much more um, disruptive. Like it's raw and gritty and troubling. Um, so so then tell us what what did you end up doing out of this? Yeah, I didn't want to do something that was nice and safe, you know. Right. Uh, so I I started pretty early on in my time at the church, which was 2014. And I did uh, a doll test with the kids uh, during Sunday school where I brought in cult dolls of different color, different skin colors, and I reenacted uh, the conversations from the historical test of asking kids, which doll is, do you think is nice? Which doll do you want to be friends with? Which doll is smart? And things like that. Wow. And, I served a, a pretty progressive congregation in a pretty progressive community. Uh, and I was really surprised. And, you know, particularly children who had parents um, with some diversity in their backgrounds, those kids were even, I think, the most um, likely to respond, demonstrating that the white doll was the nice doll and the white doll was the one they wanted to be friends with and the white doll was the pretty doll. So over time, I started thinking, and in 2017, I started by just inviting uh, someone to come and visit our VBS. It was Dr. Ani Rogers, who's a professor at Northwestern University and specializes and does her research in talking with kids about race. Uh, right. I invited her to come. We were just doing a group curriculum, VBS, and uh, but I invited her in to just talk with us a little bit, and that was kind of our first taste, and I discovered, I think it's possible to take Vacation Bible School, which is arguably the time where you have the most content and face-to-face -face time with children, youth, and even adults in the congregation, um, more time together than any other time, you know, for for that church, it was a 15-hour VBS, three hours a day over five days. We've had up to 150 kids at our VBS. We've had about 30 youth volunteers a year and about 50 to 60 adult volunteers. So you're engaging a pretty wide swath of the community. So I thought, I think that's a really great opportunity to have these conversations. And I also invited a local consultant, equity consultant, Courtney Wooten, to come and mm -hmm. speak with smaller groups of kids at that VBS. So yeah, that was, 2017 was kind of a trial run. It wasn't a okay. full-blown 
own VBS um, on the subject of justice or race, uh, but it was it was where we were dabbling in the waters. Uh, but the next year, you jumped right into the water. We did, absolutely. So fall of 2017, I wrote a grant uh, from an endowment that was designated towards supporting children and families in poverty. And I was increasingly becoming aware that a lot of the work that we were doing in the church and that I was inviting our children and youth to engage in was not making um, the kind of impact or change that I wanted it to make. Mm -hmm. I was aware that um, there's a lot of ways in which we were coming at things with a white saviorism complex. And uh, there was always this band-aid sort of we were applying, but nothing was getting at the structural roots of poverty or the systemic mm -hmm. components of poverty. You know, even if we volunteered as a youth group at the food bank, it was always still us and them you know? Right. Um, and so I really wanted to get out a deeper conversation about that. So I wrote this grant application uh, called Understanding the Roots of Poverty. Mm -hmm. And I, in that, I sort of had multiple components of things that I wanted to do. But the number one thing was to create a vacation Bible school about racism, where we would have conversations about that. And I got the grant and I hired uh, an equity consultant, the same gal that had visited with us in 2017, Courtney Wooten, who was a local mom and a uh, person of color. And so I hired her and then I recruited a team of congregants who were willing to learn and who were interdisciplinary in their skill sets. So one was had a master's in science, uh, one uh, had her degree in uh, recreation science and uh, was a physical trainer and really good at activities and thinking about sports. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, another one who was going to lead our um, music and uh, so kind of a group of people that were going to think about the different components of VBS and learn together and work on putting together the team and putting together the curriculum. So, so with that in mind, then what does a VBS about racism look like? So for 2018, we named it the power of inclusion and we looked at Jonah on his journey to Nineveh. And uh, so we had these different words each day in addition to Bible stories. And our words were join, uncomfortable, adventure, journey, and include. And mm -hmm. we talked about, um, we talked about big things, you know, we talked about um, the definition of racism. You know, we wow. said racism is racial bias plus power. Um, we talked about why race and racism is important to address. We talked about diversity. Um, we talked about black being beautiful too. Um, we played this game um, that was really cool where there were three rows of um, hula hoops and then there was, um, or three rows of 
cones and then there were three hula hoops in the front and kids stood on different lines of cones so there was a front right. row middle row and a back row and but they all had to throw a ball into the, the hula hoop at the front of their line mm -hmm. and they discovered that some of them were starting out further along at a closer distance to the destination that they had to throw their ball than others. Some were in the front row, some were in the middle row, and some were in the back row. And hey, it's not fair uh, because so-and-so doesn't have to throw the ball so far and we have to right. throw the ball a lot further. And uh, that was really powerful. So we did a lot of different activities like that that helped us think through um, privilege. What was the response like then from all of these uh, different, these sorts of activities? Because you had, you, like you say, you had the kids there and I think they were ranging right from like young children to early adolescents. Yeah, age three to 12. So up wow. through grade. So the, the program for three and four year olds was simplified, you know, mm -hmm. anybody that hadn't done kindergarten yet um, had a significantly uh, simpler, less complex program, although uh, they had stories each day uh, that addressed issues around race and equity uh, and privilege uh, and even oppression. Um, wow. So those were all stories we were addressing. But for the older kids, we got a lot deeper into things. Uh, you know, we looked at uh, concepts like, um, Al, be, what does it mean to be an ally? You know, that um, an allyship requires education, empathy, accountability, and action. So it means that you have to be willing to, to be empowered to stand up against bigotry. So we made ally necklaces the last day, wow. and that was really cool. The first day our craft was, um, making faces quilts. So we did these paper mask projects where everybody had the same different colors of construction paper cut out, but they were all in different unique shapes. And then people put them together to make a face and they were all bright colors, you know, wow. but each of them was really different. And it helped us talk about how we are all the same and equal on the inside. Um, we're made of the same stuff, even though we look different on the outside. And that helped us celebrate our diversity. Um, Those kinds of activities are brilliant because of the layers of meaning that people can make out of them, right? Like, as you're saying, the, the younger children and the older children are going to understand it differently. But I imagine even, you know, you had these 30 teenagers and these 50 adults who were involved as well. And that's a powerful activity no matter who you are and what age group you're part of but the way you engage it it's just the, the 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 levels of depth there are fantastic um so clearly you are doing something disruptive um with with what people imagine when they think of bbs so then I'm really curious what the response was like from participants or the community uh, or, or the church. Um, how did people respond? There were a number of questions going in. We were pretty clear mm -hmm. 
communication, both in advertising and in the um, run up to VBS with families about what we were going to be talking about. And there was some anxiety going in. Uh, the response on the whole afterwards was extremely positive the first year. Um, People were uh, really excited to have their kids able to engage in those conversations. Um, and it was really fun. One family, uh, pretty progressive parents, but from the Midwest, from uh, a very conservative area and lots of really conservative family members, uh, those kids traveled to the Midwest to stay with relatives after VBS and um, I heard amazing stories from the mom about how the kids initiated conversation over the dinner table with um, much more politically conservative relatives about racism, um, wow. about the values of um, of, of equity, uh, of inclusion, um, and and even addressing things like oppression and privilege. So I was really amazed, you know, each day at the close of VBS, we would ask kids to use their own words and talk about some of these big words that got thrown yeah. out because it really didn't get dumbed down. Courtney uh, taught some of our most significant um, material through the crafts rotation. And that was a really exciting, um, space for the kids. And so it was really fun for them to process at the end of every day using their words. And it was amazing to hear them define uh, things like racism and diversity and uh, social justice or equity. Uh, you know, uh, the mm -hmm. equity takes into account context and um, treats everybody according to their needs. It, it right allows for recognition that somebody um, is starting further behind and needs to be needs to be accounted for that needs to be accounted for in uh, inclusion the, the, I'm amazed by the the deep sense of respect for the young people um, who are engaging in these processes that seems to be embedded in this whole um, in all these activities that you're talking about, right? Like to, to introduce, or I shouldn't say introduce, but to um, to have these conversations, to engage in these difficult, um, but incredibly important issues with young people is not just to um, elevate the, the, the need for uh, addressing systemic issues like racism, but also to, to treat these young people with a deep sense of respect for their sense their, their ability to make sense of these difficult concepts and to make a difference right to actually go out and do the work um, of being lovers in a dangerous time um, so what have you done since then so that was a couple of years ago how have things shifted uh in the past couple of years yeah, uh, the first year, you know, we had a smaller team and then we've expanded on our team. So the second year, uh, we kind of partnered with some of the curriculum from Shine and used mm -hmm. the theme of that curriculum, Who is My Neighbor? It tied in with what we wanted to do. And we talked about justice, diversity, equity, and peace. And we added another team member that year to our leadership team. 
Uh, she was a kindergarten teacher who specialized in small group discussion. And so she wrote really great uh, questions and facilitated that in the VBS that year. So that was a really neat addition. Uh, you know, we had small group discussion in 2018, but in 2019, then we had a teacher really skilled at engaging children. Right those conversations and thoughtfully crafting those uh, questions and facilitating that and that was really exciting um, so we just by charging $75 for VBS we were able to underwrite the cost uh, on an ongoing basis for paying our equity consultant uh, mm -hmm. and it was really exciting to have our leadership team grow in community and in learning you know for us it was really a lot of um struggle uh with learning about our own complicity and racism um you know we were really trying to move from asking a question am i racist to what does yeah. my racism look like and where does it show up and what does that look like when we're scheduling a meeting for our vbs writing team who do we whose schedules uh, do we prioritize uh, who do we put first you know when we think about what time is most convenient for whom um, how do we facilitate participation of people of color and uh, who gets airtime who talks the most who takes up all the oxygen uh, you know we had to learn that our intentions and our impacts were not the same thing so that was really powerful and i think our growth helped us uh, to lead a really fabulous 2019 VBS. We did get a little more blowback in 2019 from some oh. congregants who volunteered that struggled. Um, you know, we had a few parishioners that found the topic really hard. Um, you know, I mean, all the time there were congregants struggling. And, uh, you know, I remember one fabulous uh, member of our team who, grew up in um, schools where there was busing and intentional Seattle Public School um, integration across neighborhoods and uh, sort of thought that, you know, that racism wasn't a thing for her. And, and right. she realized ways that it was still coming out. And that was always hard. There were definitely some components where people really struggled you know it's hard it's really hard to to do this work and we did expect that we we did see a little more of that but from the families we saw really positive responses you know we had a participant in 2019 who um had grown up in our church and her mom was a member of our church and then she moved to mississippi and her son came back up to see grandma and visited um, the, and came to VBS again that year. We'd known him, you know, from infancy. And it was really fun to have him once he was living in Mississippi. And he was so engaged in the conversation and then went home and his mom just expressed endless gratitude for him getting to have that conversation. And, and it was really interesting to see how engaged he was and how he took that home to the context of his life in Mississippi um so we continued uh, again in 2020 we added another team member this time we added a teenager um mm -hmm. a high school sophomore who was really interested uh 
uh, in the work. She had been teaching Sunday school since seventh grade, and uh, she was somebody that had been on a trip we had taken to the Arizona-Mexico border where we had been studying immigration and was really riveted by that. She comes from a mostly Republican family and uh, was really interested in learning. So we invited her to join the team. I wrote another grant application and we went to a, on a retreat as a writing team uh, to a retreat called Cheeto um, with an organization that studies ethnic studies program. It's based out mm -hmm. of Tucson, Arizona. And that was really powerful and helped shape our plans for 2020. We planned on doing an environmental justice themed VBS, but with quarantine, all of our team continues to be um, at home with their children or teaching school online. And life is really different right now. So we so we've retooled our 2020 plan um, and it's going to be an online curriculum called Community Allies coming together while we're apart. Wow. So I'm, I'm just amazed by the, 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 how every year you're adding new layers and new team members and you're addressing not just, a, you know, like you said, how do we do this with with children and with the teenagers, but how do we address the racism with how we meet and when we meet and who organizes and who has the power to shape what we're doing? Um, it's just unbelievable. So how how do you get started? If, if someone was listening now and thought, I wanna do something like that um, in quarantine or after quarantine, uh, what, what advice do you have for someone who, who wants to start something like this? I think number one, I think about how churches tend to be the most uh, divided communities racially. Mm -hmm. uh, churches tend to be pretty divided. And so what I would really encourage is build a relationship with people of color. Um, find somebody in your community, seek out an equity consultant, um, talk to a community of color coalition, um, talk to people and, you know, we hosted, the way that I met Courtney was that I had offered to have our church host a uh, neighborhood action coalition meeting right. uh, back in, what, 2017, something like that. And we met there. Um, so I think building a relationship is a really important start because it's important to begin placing space in your life for input from people of color. Um, mm -hmm. You're a person of color who wants to facilitate this and you're in a church um, that, that lacks diversity, um, then, you know, if you're in a church that's mostly people of color, maybe partner and invite a, a church, see if you can have lunch with somebody from um, a church that's less diverse. Um, mm -hmm create conversations and access and explore what might we do together. Mm -hmm. I think that's part of the, um, one of the opportunities before us that I'm noticing as we're all in quarantine all over the world is suddenly our access to one another has become, uh, in my experience, has become greater because yeah. it doesn't matter whether you're you know, in the same apartment building or a country away, um, 
who are all meeting through the phone, through text, through digital technology. And so suddenly the, the world, uh, in, in a sense, we're, we're more open to the world because we're all isolated from one another at, at the same time. It's this ironic space we live in. So, so there's this tremendous possibility uh, of partnership um, as long as we get out there and while well, staying safe, right? Get out there while well, staying in, um, but metaphorically get out there and get to know other people and build those connections. Uh, because we, as you said, like it starts with building them among, you know, building those relationships among ourselves uh, as leaders uh, before we start, before we can even imagine how we then invite families and youth and children uh, into the space as well. Absolutely. It does have to begin with the self and reflection. And, you know, I think before this began, for me, I was in my own process of identifying um, how racism exhibited in me and right. acknowledging that, owning that, grieving that, and looking for how, what I was going to do about that. Um, and I think children are so smart and youth, you know, and yeah, they see yeah. all of this. They see it. It is all around them. And one of the powerful things about doing this is that we have sent a message to children that church is a safe place to have this conversation. Mm. Now, um, shouldn't church be a safe place to talk about the areas in which we are struggling to follow God's call to love one another. Isn't that true discipleship? And if so, then we are responsible to engage in those hard conversations and do our own internal work so that we can invite our children and youth into a revolution of love so that they can spread that love and they can, uh, learn to own their stuff so that they can truly love one another, advocate for one another, and even become allies. Yeah, beautifully said. Um, this is the kind of thing that I think has the power to really um, make the church, the, 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 the message of Jesus, the, the, what, the, the way of life Jesus calls us to, um, to make it incarnate in our world so thank you for sharing so much uh, so much and so vividly uh, about your experience and and the the work you've been doing and for helping people like me and and other folks listening to to start thinking about how do we do something like this um what is what kind of revolutionary work is god calling us to in in how we work with young people and families um in our own contexts Thank you so much for your time. Uh, thank you for sharing so vulnerably and so honestly. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Uh, and I'd love to leave you with a powerful uh, Mayan poem called In La Cache. It's meant to be in Spanish and English. I don't speak Spanish. So out of respect for Spanish speakers, I won't uh, use the Spanish. Sure. Know that that is an important piece of this. You are my other me. If I do harm to you, I do harm to myself. If I love and respect you, I love and respect myself. 
I think that's my my closing wish and uh, blessing, and that's going to be a piece of the 2020 VBS that we will be offering through Edmonds United Methodist Church uh, this year. If you want to learn more about the good work that Jennifer is doing with this VBS, and if you want to register for this year's program, you can check out communityalliesvbs.com. Thanks for tuning in to the Faith Forward podcast series. If you want to learn more from creative thinkers and innovative leaders, be sure to subscribe or visit faith-forward.net.